Hi, this is Nick Underhill, and you're listening to a New Orleans.network podcast. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to this week's episode of Pop Pals Pod. As always, I'm your host, Raphael Rattler. Joining me is my fellow middle brother, Garrett G. Money Rattler. What's popping with you this week, bro? Nothing much, bro. Trying to trying to stay safe out here, but been uh-huh. enjoying uh been enjoying the summer league, man. Been in it's been like basketball all day. Like we back to basketball all day long, and I love it. But uh especially them pals, man. Apparently, if you go undefeated in the summer league, you still can't play for the championship. So uh, a little disappointing now, but you know yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, it is. how about Cal- you, bro? How's everything? <laughs> I'm good, man. Good, man. Weekend was real chill. We just kind of uh, held it down at the house, uh, hung out with the kids. Not too much, not too much, bro. Mm-hmm. But you're right, man. The summer league, bro. First of all, the o- double OT sudden death is incredible. Like yeah. they ne- they need to add something like that to. NBA regular season games, like play the seven or play the no small number, because that was incredible. Right, we seeing all the, all of these different kind of like rules uh, added to like all of these different leagues. So like the big three in the big three, if you challenge a play, the the way they they the way they kind of settle it is if you go one on one with the player. So like if I ch- want to challenge something, you challenge. Uh, I want to challenge something you did, and I'll take you one on one. And then you see the summer league with these overtime first to score. You see the Elam ending in the TBT. I mean, look, bro, might be a little know. time. Let's spice it up, man. Let's nah. Spice it up when we get past double overtime. Let's spice it up a little bit. I like, especially the regular season. Like, why not try it out? Just yeah. first team to get to seven. Like, you understand how entertaining that would be for fans? You sitting there like, oh, maybe we got to hit a bucket before they do, and then you got to get the tip because that's important too. So. Yeah. Nah, man. Uh, you know, summer league has been a lot of fun. Now, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of bad basketball too because it's oh, summer league. Like you got, goodness. yeah, you got guys just missing whole goals, like possessions where like it's like eight turnovers in a Bruh, row, miss <laughs> miss layups, uh, turning the rebounds that lead to fast break uh, uh, passes that end up in the turnovers. Yeah, it's not. It, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it's a place for young players to learn and grow. Uh, but you gotta enjoy something. Some of it is just comical. Some of it's like, yeah. come on, bro. Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> everybody's out there trying to make a play, trying to win a job. So I get it. They trying to, you know, show themselves, so show what they can prove. But some of it's like, ah. you yeah, know, some it's, it's rough out there. Sometimes you know, some yeah. of it's, some is like that, but and so that's um, why I, that, I'm. That's why I'm wondering why people questioning why would why people not there. I mean, like, would you want to be there? <laughs> I mean, there's some good games, but like, I don't know if I would want to be there off the clock to just watch eight turnovers in a row. I, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Uh, but before we get too much into summer league, because that would be the majority of the pod, and there is a lot to talk about when it comes to Pell summer league. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that are going on uh, with the Pell's roster just in general. So. Um, last week we talked about, you know, there has been very little news about Josh Hart. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of sitting around every single, even the national media is like, what are the Pelicans going to do with Josh Hart? So ne- this week and last week, there were some rumors that popped up that, you know, Josh Hart uh, might be a part of a tr- package deal uh, to go to Sacramento for Buddy Hill. So to me, I'm like, I would love that. I think mm-hmm. that's a better fit. For both sides, uh, he can kind of be a defensive enforcer off the bench for that team. And Buddy obviously would make a lot of sense. I still think this team needs another shooter or two, um, just depending on what's available. Uh, 
But I'm not sure why Sacramento would do that trade because they have so many guards already. So, you know, Josh Hart took his Pelican stuff out of his profile, but he was also at Summer League with B.I. So there's a lot of confusion going around uh, mm-hmm. around Josh Hart and what's going to happen with that. Um, a part to think about is – once Thomas Adoraski and Garrett uh, Temple were traded to us, there's a 19-day window before they can be then traded again, right? Mm-hmm. And so we completed our trade with uh, Eric Bledsoe to the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, yesterday they completed a trade to then move him on to the Los Angeles Clippers. So yep. you had to wait a certain amount of time. So maybe that's what people are waiting on. And so before we give our grades for the offseason, because I still think it's incomplete, uh, it still seems as if the Pelicans are trying to add another shooter or two. Uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, Josh Hart potentially either being here, not being here, Josh Hart for Buddy, would Sacramento do that? Like, what- So, like, so uh, to your point, so I said this, like, the week, the, the podcast that we had Will on that you were out, that fan discourse and social media is is starting the the lines between fan discourse and like what's actually going on <laughs> in the front offices is starting to get a little blurry now right so like everybody in the world you know everybody in pelicans twitter and pretty much is saying like you, everybody can see the fit i can see the fit you can see the fit it it works perfectly um but to your point Sacramento already has two starting guards. They're trying to get rid of Buddy because of the other starting guard that they just <laughs> drafted last season. And then this offseason, in this draft, they drafted another guard. So I just don't see why Sacramento would want Josh Hart by itself. Like, oh, uh, now if other things. He can play the in, wing. That go to Etoine more vibes again. <laughs> but, but nah, I like, I just. I don't understand. Like, I, I get why the Pelicans and why Pelicans fans are so uh, 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 beat about it, but I, I just caution people because we just went through this with Kyle Lowry. We just went through this with Chris Paul. We just don't get caught up in the fan discourse if that's in the, in the Pelicans may not even be thinking about that. Like, that may not even be a thing. And so, you know, there's all some r- reports that, you know, some people with, you know, check marks by their name that, hey, this has been discussed and this has been, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, but nothing has come out of it. There's no story, no nothing going on about it. So I- I'm not sure what to think about that. Of course, I would love Buddy on a team. I mean, obviously, he's a historically great jump shooter, uh, three-point shooter. And like you said, we need about one, maybe even two more shooters on this team to kind of make everybody feel as comfortable as they need to feel. I think, you know, the ball is starting to roll, and you can start to see that there are improvements on the roster um, but I think if you get another shooter or two, um, everybody will be in, and that's why everybody's so in on it. And another thing I wanted to to say is that's why I was trying to tell people about when when team social medias introduce people, it's not hey this person's gonna be here <laughs> like like they they announced Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams, and like as soon as he could be available for trade, he was traded. Oh, Eric was traded. <laughs> And I think you you could look at those same things with the Pelicans. Yeah, they announced Garrett Temple. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, all of these people were there. And it was, hey, you know, shout out. The Clippers just tweeted that Pat Bev was in the house yesterday. <laughs> and they traded him uh, the day before yesterday. And they traded him yesterday. So, like, these social media posts and these, you know, introducing players, it's not something to to – to basically validate that they're going to be here, that they're going to be on the roster um, and things like that. 
It's just, hey, this person's here. We're celebrating them. This is a post. It's probably, you know, in the contract to kind of introduce the players as it is. But it's not a safe move. Um, so so with all that being said, I don't, I don't know if Josh Hart, first of all, we've already talked about the fit of Josh Hart. And Summer League has done nothing but kind of back up that that point about him not having really good. And listen, I know Josh Hart was a Summer League MVP and everything like that. Yeah. But I mean, with the with with the fact that it, it may not even be so much as his skill set. It's just the fact that his skill set can be replaced at a cheaper value, and it has. So it's not so and much taller as player. by a taller player. Obviously, right. Somebody who can fit the, the defensive side a little better than Josh Hart and can be more versatile and cover more ground than Josh Hart. Uh, just strictly off of like natural selection and body. And like, you know, Josh Hart, it's not Josh Hart's fault he's that short. Um, so it's nothing to make him, you know, nothing to be up, upset against him, but it's just a numbers game. It's a it's a it's a body type game. It's a versatility thing. And, you know, Josh Hart wants and he probably does deserve, you know, whatever he thinks that he's deserving of. But as we see, like the market is just not there Mm -hmm. unless there's some some uh, offer that's just not reported. And this front office is being the greatest front office of all time by not letting it slide (laughs) out. But. There's, there, there has been none. And so that goes to show you kind of sort of the way that people not view Josh Hart, but view his game view. You know, they, there are ways to, to supplement, to get a, a hustler, a hustle player for not $10 million, $13 million, especially one that's undersized and under athletic for, you know, either side of the position you want him to be in. So, you know, it's just a tough move, man. It's a tough move, but you know, to see him there with BI, I think that's more of a friendship thing. I don't know if that's, so much, um, you know, the Pelicans and stuff. I just think like he he knows the guys on the team. He knows Najee. He knows Kyra. He knows Bi. Um, that's his guys. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know what to what to think about that. But I just know that I'm. Not, I don't think that Buddy Tanola is as cut and dry as everybody thinks it is, and it feels like. Um, I think that's more fan discourse, and everybody getting as excited, you know, as they did with Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul. Well, yeah, I mean. Other than Buddy was in attendance to watch the Pelicans game yesterday, yeah, but he was, he but was, uh, he but was. no, I agree, I agree with you. I think Buddy would be a great fit, and we've talked about this earlier in the offseason, mm-hmm. how it just makes so much sense mm-hmm. uh, to have a player like him on, on the roster, and how he doesn't really fit with Sacramento's plans as well. So I think the longer that this kind of festers on. Um, the more likely Josh Hart is going to be on a different team, whether it's right. the Kings or not. Maybe it's a three-team trade. Who knows? Like, there's a lot of things at play there. I just don't think the Pelicans are done making moves for the right. season. And, so, to play, and to play devil's advocate just a little bit, Sacramento was the other team who had stakes in the in the Pelicans game yesterday. So, right. I mean, I'm not saying that he, he may have been there to watch the Pelicans, but he also may have been there to watch the Pelicans' demise to make sure that the Kings go into <laughs> – the, the the championship which they did so right. I'm I, you know I, I again this is all but we nobody knows exactly what's going on but I sure would love to have Buddy back in New Orleans I know that much no doubt um and then some other news obviously still nothing on Jackson and his uh his court case or his uh legal issues um you know what what's encouraging is you hear um Griffin you hear uh, Trajan Langdon you hear Swing Cash you hear Willie Green talk about what we have as a team. And the first names are, that are always come out of their mouth are Zion, B.I., Nikhil, and Jackson. So that makes me think that Jackson, 
you know, is probably on the better side of things. Um, obviously, there were some videos and disturbing stuff that came out with it. But all in all, it seems as if he's going to be a part of the team this year. Um, so uh, that's encouraging for a player that just has so much upside um, and so much potential and was really showing that to the end of last year. So now let's jump into summer league, right? And so before we get started, I know there are going to be people who say, don't. It's just summer league. You know, you mm-hmm. can't you can't take anything if someone's good. You can't take anything if someone's bad. You can't do anything. So then what's the point? You know, right. that, that would always be my rebuttal. Uh, what's the point of having, you know, summer league altogether if you can't look at the game and see how some of your other players improve, see how some of your new players or r- young players, rookie players, see what they can bring to the team. Um, so, again, we're looking more so as, at, at trends and more so as how could this potentially fit? Not necessarily this guy's averaging 20 points per game. He's going to go into the season average 20 points per game. Like, right, we understand right. there's a difference between summer league and, and regular season league. But before we get into players, what are your first impressions on Willie Green, man? And I'm going to let you speak first because, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I really like what I'm seeing. So what are your first impressions on Willie? Nah, man, like there, there are some things that we've already seen, you know, there are some things and my, I had a friend here who was watching a game yesterday and uh, there was a timeout and there was a, you know, there was like a kind of like a coaches, you know, focusing on a coach and it was focused on Willie Green. And there were some things that Willie Green said that I think that Stan couldn't even like he couldn't say it because there is no meaning behind it. So one of the things that we said that he said was he told I think he told Kyra or he told the whole the whole team. But I think he was kind of looking at Kyra and he said, look, bro, I I need you guys to compete on defense, continue to compete. And he said, listen, I got you. I got your back. And like that's the kind of things. And again, summer league, small sample size, nothing. You know, I, I understand. But it's just things like that, right? Small things like that. If you transpose that onto the, the regular roster, even if you think about last year's roster, right? These are the type of things and in, in the type of uh, the type of buy-in and the type of connection and the type of you know relatability that Willie Green has, and you can already see it. First of all, majority of these players that we're watching, other than obviously Trey and Herb and, and, and some of that, majority of those players were on the team last year. And, you know, you had Najee, you had Kyra, you had Didi. Like, you had these players on the team last year. And they were defenders. I, I The Pelicans Summer League team is built upon defenders. Mm-hmm. But they weren't, they weren't moving and they weren't – they didn't have that sense of pride in the way that they, they go, the way that, they, they, that this team is now. And I think Willie Green has a lot to do with that. I think, you know, if you – every time they, they cut off to Willie Green in timeouts – He's he's emphasizing defense. He's emphasizing stops. He's emphasize, but he's doing it in a way that players can relate to him and 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 players that can that they can buy into that. And uh, I think part of it comes from him being a a, a former player. Like he th- these are like the, the the players can go look him up or look up his stats or look up some of the stuff that he did um, while he was a player, especially while in a Pelicans uniform. Um, you know what I'm saying? And and like those are the type of things that you you have built uh buy-in from. And so it's not to get a, you know, I don't I don't know if Willie Green is gonna be the championship coach. I don't know if he's gonna be, you know, the next Greg Popovich. But 
what you see from him already and the way that these guys are building, uh, are buying in, and the way every time that you hear Willie Green uh, speaking to the team, it's about defensive stops. It's about defensive rotations. It's about location. It's about getting back in transition. And and it's a it's a respect and a buy in that 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 the players have. And when he says stuff like, "Look, man, I got you," and like that is that is a that is a lot said with just a few words, especially coming from a basketball player and coming from somebody who does coaching. Like to be able to look at your players and be like, "Look, I got you. We in this. Like I got you." That that's a that's a different type of relatability and a different type of connection that I don't know that an older non basketball playing coach would be able to have with those players. And so I, I listen. I think that there are things, and obviously there are X's and O's things that I'm sure you're gonna get into when you talk about it. Um, that we saw yesterday, uh, the play, the handoff, the fake handoff, um, just just things like that. That's like dynamic on the floor that we just did not we we just did not have last year. Yeah. And again, summer league, I get it, but these are things that he's implementing, and I, I'm just I'm excited that he's he took the reins to coach. Because these young players, as we go into training camp and we go into the regular season and pre I mean preseason and regular season and stuff, they already have an idea what to expect from Willie Green. They already have a connection. They've been in the trenches and they've been successful with Willie Green. Even in a small, they were playing for a summer league championship. The Pelicans were competing. They were calling timeouts. They were diving on floor. Like these guys were competing. So it is something to like to see. Like they 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 took this. Maybe you don't. But they took this serious. And so for them to be successful, and, and, you know, that that just bodes well going into the regular season. And it's just good to have positive momentum going into, like, you know, training camp uh, um, preseason and stuff. Just to have a little bit of positive momentum to go in with the new coach and the new regime and everybody else. Yeah, and, and I absolutely agree with you. One thing I'll say that, you know, may counter what you just said, though, is – I don't feel as if Stan wasn't saying those same things, right? Mm -hmm. Focus on defense. Hey, you're not rotating properly. Hey, you need to move the ball, so on, so on, so on. Mm -hmm. I think it's the way you deliver the message. You could be trying to say the same thing, but depending on who's delivering the message and how you're delivering the message, what it reminds me is, you know, when we talk to our parents growing up, it's like, hey, the way you say something, it could it, it could mean the exact same thing, but you watch your tone when you're talking to me, right? right. It's, it's the same type of thing. Tonality makes a big difference. How you're able to express yourself and get your message across and overall delivery makes a big difference. And just from the small sample size, it's just totally different. When you get you know, uh, these players in their interviews and things like that, they're saying the first thing they say, Hey, how's it been working with the green? They're like, Oh, it's great. You can tell he's played the game. You can tell he knows how to run a team, even though he has no experience doing that. When people asked the very same question about Stan Van Gundy last year, it was, Oh, you, you, you know, Stan is really smart and you know, uh, that, uh, he knows the game and you know, he's an old school coach. That's not the same thing. (laughs) Like that's Mm. not, you know, you know, overall, if you're reading between the tea leaves, that's not the same type of messaging and the overall first impact that you're hearing from players. And so mm-hmm. to hear Najee Mar- Marshall, to hear Trey Murphy talk about how easy it is to work with him, to play under him, it kind of confirms our suspicion that, yeah, he's a player's coach, but he also knows what he's talking about and knows how to deliver that messaging as well. And so, you know, I'm really looking forward to, 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 to getting – um, him uh, involved with Zion's because I agree with you. Mentality plays regardless of what 
league or how important the games are altogether. Like mentality means a whole lot. And so to your point, I'm seeing rotations, and we talked about it last week. I saw announcers, God forbid the announcers, but oh I saw announcers God. say, you know, great stop by the Pelicans, great defensive thing, multiple plays in a row. I never heard that last year. I'm like, you just didn't hear them. And again, I know you're playing against different talent, but it's a mentality thing. It's like, hey, we have defensive-minded players on the summer league team, correct, but the rotations are better. The communication on the court is better. You can hear. I know summer league's different from the game. There's not as many fans, but you can hear and you can see these guys Mm. talking one another. You can see them talking. You can see them fighting for each other on the bench, things like that. Those are the type of things you want a coach to instill in a young, young base. And so the same way that you said that, hey, you know, they know how to feed off Willie Green and they're gaining this momentum going into the to, to the season for the regular roster. The same can be flipped the other way. I love that Willie Green is learning how Najee, how good Najee Marshall can be, what all is in his game, what all he's capable of do, how trustworthy Trey Murphy can be. Because, again, remember. This guy is 21. He's mm-hmm. older than Kyra. He's older mm-hmm. than than uh no, like he's older than uh so many players on the team already. So he's coming in with a more mature mentality. So a lot of people are saying, you know, hey, you know, he might be the eighth, ninth, tenth guy off the bench, blah, 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 blah. But if Willie Green's getting this exposure to him and understand this guy's not flaking in the moment, things like that, he might be scooting himself up the lineup sooner rather than later. And so getting mm-hmm. that exposure to him is gonna be huge for Willie green as well so mm-hmm. uh, i'm really enjoying um like early timeouts i think the pelicans were down 2-0 and they were playing sloppy and he was quick to pop a timeout. i was like man this ain't us yeah right? this ain't us right i love that because stan was mm-hmm. just so hesitant to use timeouts or challenges, challenges or, or yeah. anything at all and and willie's like i don't like what i'm seeing let's change this around right away uh the other thing i noticed was how did the pelicans were coming out of the third quarter. Now, last night was a little bit different, but for the first three games, the Pelican came came out on fire in the third quarter. That means you've got a coach talking to these guys in the locker room saying, this is what we need to do better, and people receiving that and taking that and showing action on that. So many times last year, the Pels would come out of the locker room and get blown out because they were being sloppy. They were like, oh, we can catch up in the fourth quarter or so on and so forth and end up digging a too big of a hole for themselves. I love to see, even though it's a small sample size, I love to see the energy uh, and the positivity coming out of half as well. So I'm I'm really excited uh, for what Willie Green has in store for the team. Some of the things we've seen, I can't wait to see those things on a regular roster as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I see Conrad saying the, the after-time yeah. outplays were incredible, which – for God forbid, when you got Zion and B.I. on the team, like you got to be able to draw something up to give them an easy bucket. There were so many times either after timeout or late in games where we would draw up a play and the shot wouldn't get off. And you'd be like, how do you draw up a play and you don't or get a, a shot? You don't get a shot. A bit of turnover. <laughs> Willie Green was putting these guys in a position to take advantage of a matchup or to get over buckets over and over and over. That's another great piece of he's not just – a player's coach. This guy knows basketball as well. So, you know, having Mike D'Antoni as a part of the team, having other folks to kind of supplement the areas where he be he might be inexperienced, I think you're starting to show those things. I can't wait to see it kind of fall over into the regular season. So, um, first impressions of Willie Green. Now, <laughs> first impressions of Trey Murphy the third. Listen. You want you want to talk you want to talk about uh, we need to realize that in summer league y'all might want y'all might want in this podcast <laughs> you can't tell me that boy ain't the MVP of the league. <laughs> <laughs> 
What were your first thoughts of Trey after four games or the action? So I so Trey has given us exactly what we thought he was, right? So he was a we thought he was a shooter that could play defense, right? So it's like, okay, he can shoot it, he can play defense. Okay, that's interesting, right? And then you see Willie Green, and this is another thing that I love about Willie Green. He's he is like, look, it's the summer league. We're going to try exactly what we need, what we want to. We're going to try to find exactly what we're trying to find. He put Trey Murphy on Pat Will, uh, on, on Patrick Williams. He put him on Evan Mobley. He put him on Kaminga. He put him on the, the absolute best players. And, bro, one by one, Trey had every single one of them in Angola. And it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, I mean, like, it was it – was, there were times where Trey had to have, like, clutch stops like it's not just like hey just go stop him but like you know he's gonna get no like game on the line Kaminga one-on-one in the post this freakish athletic guy that everybody keeps talking about he's the next Kawhi and Kaminga you gotta stop me and Trey is like no <laughs> like no it ain't happening and like there are just there are so many things that Trey is doing defensively that we were begging someone to do last season. And part of it was, and this, this goes back to Josh Hart and, and, and just like body-wise, right. we just did not have a 6'9", defensive-minded person on the team. That We just right. did not have that. That person just did not exist. We had Melly. Well, I was just about to say, you're not having Melly or <laughs> B.I. out there like, hey, you just go lock down everything. And so, you know, Trey has come out and – he has been, first of all, the, the jump shot. The jump shot, and I tell people, it's summer league, but the goal don't move. The, the court doesn't change. Like, it, like it, the, the, that goal is going to look this exact same way once game one of the regular season tips off. And that dude just, like, he shoots, and it's just so pure. Man. Like, it's pure. It and don't hit nothing. nothing. It just he, nothing. Just drop right in. And then we were talking about, you know, the things that made Duncan so good, right? Somebody who hunts for their shot. Trey Murphy, like, when he's flaring out, he's flaring to the three, like, give me the ball. I'm, I'm ready. He's not I, saw, I saw him clapping his hands a couple times. I'm you like, what I'm like he's, he's calling for the ball. That's He's hunting for it. And that's the type of stuff. That's the type of things that you need. You need somebody with audacity. And Trey Murphy has a lot of that. He has a lot of, listen. You're not gonna stop me. Like you, it's cool. Like y'all, like you here. I, I see your hand, or like I see you there. And then lastly, there's just a couple of things that like I was told that he couldn't create his own shot, right? And I get it. Like that's a that's something that he wants. That's a to growth work. area. For that's him. a growth yeah. area for him. But he has it. Like it, like he, like if you give him one on one, this man, I saw him over and over again. Dribble a smaller man down to the post, turn, and I'm up at the rim. Another thing, when you get a big on him, I've seen him put the ball on the ground when nobody, like, kind of when the, the play was breaking down. Bang. Bro, did you see that dribble package he had at the top of the key yesterday? Like, yeah. he was, it looked like 2K. It looked like the street. <laughs> like, he was just, yeah, 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 yeah. He and got like, the he was, Hall of Fame badge. Bro, it was, it was, it was, inc- and I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about all of the different ways. And I'm just, and all I have is, like, last year to, to base this off of. I'm thinking about all of the different ways that if we had a 6'9 shooter, like he is a shooter, like again, summer league, I get, but like he can shoot. We had a 6'9 shooter with tremendous switchability, versatility on defense. Like if we just had that, like last season, 
there was so many things that I could see him being plugging into and stemming the bleeding here, stemming the bleeding there. And I, I just love that. And the last thing I'm going to say about, about, about Trey is that he is putting a lot of pressure on Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. What do I mean by that? Do you see this young man coming in here defending, committed to the defensive end? Okay. The, the Pelicans will be better defensively, not because Trey Murphy is there, but because Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson are going to take it upon themselves to buy in into that side. Well, now with Willie Green and now you see Trey Murphy, who is like, listen, I got the best player. How many times last season were we like, B.I., go guard Durant, go guard Kawhi, go guard Giannis. We were begging. Trey was like, I got Kaminga. I'm, I got Evan Mobley. I got Patrick Williams. I got these players. And so you're starting to see like B.I. and Zion got to come back and B.I. was front row to see it. This dude is committed to the defensive end. And it, like you guys have to come back and be just as committed to the defensive end as these players are led by the sensational rookie Trey Murphy. So I, I love the fact that he is committed and that he's getting all of this praise for it because I want Zion and Brandon Ingram to see that. Like we, we're here. We have a defensive minded guy. The, the team is defensive, defensive. And we have that six, nine wing. You guys have to come back and be better defensively. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you made that point because I agree with you. I think it'll be hard to have a coach that has so much emphasis on defense and then go and secure defensive-minded players in the draft who are younger and then lock up Najee Mark. It would be hard to say, okay, you're our stu- two stars of the team, but y'all don't got to play defense right. because we got these other guys. I think that stuff is – is almost like a domino effect. You feed off the energy of other guys. You see guys diving on the floor, playing hard-nosed defense, doing what they can. As the leader of the team, you can only match that energy. You can't you can't sit there and say, "Hey, he's giving everything he has a new player into the NBA. I'm just, you know, I'm going to be over here. You know, I'm going to score the points and that's it." I think that energy is contagious. And so, I'm glad you brought that up. Now, listen. I knew Trey. I knew Trey Murphy was a good shooter. I knew it. I didn't know it was like this though. <laughs> like I got to the point where when the ball was coming out of his, I was like, "Oh, it's cash." And when it didn't go in, I was like, "Oh, that's surprising." Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't think he was incapable of missing. Like the guy shoots with such confidence, and it's a quick release too. He gets mm-hmm. the ball and it's going up. Now, mind you, this is in summer league where you know you don't have a lot of scores on the court. Our team altogether is a defensive minded team. Mind you what he's going to be faced with with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram on the, on the floor. People are going to have to leave him open because if not, Zion is going to score. You damn sure ain't leaving Zion. And so <laughs> last week when we talked on the pod, I said, what do I want to see? I just want to see him hit shots. He did that. But then he started hitting floaters. And then he, to your point, he understood the mismatch and knew how, knew how to use his length in order to score down in the post on smaller guys. And I'm like, okay. So a lot of the knock on him was, oh, he's already 21. And so, you know, that's why he slipped later in the draft because he's older. Okay. Here's my thing on that. Everybody grows at a different pace. Like everyone kind of hits different spots at at, at different times. And so, yeah, you might see a 19-year-old who has a higher uh, scoring ability at a younger age, 
But that doesn't mean they're going to get there defensively ever. That doesn't mean that they're going to be able to impact the games in other ways. I tweeted out the other day, his third game of the summer league, he went 7-7-7. Didn't have it going necessarily offensively, but he found other ways to contribute to winning. He was getting rebounding. He was setting other people up. Like, that's what you want to see out of a player that's supplementing your two players, right? And so when I look at it, first of all, the rebounding jumps off the page for me because he attacks the ball like I'm 6-9. Like, like I'm going to go get the ball. I'm taller than you. I can jump higher than you. I'm going to go get the ball. Very similar to a Josh Hart. Like, I'm going to fight for the ball. That's mm-hmm. that's an area of growth that we're looking to see from B.I. and from Zion, their ability to rebound. Because as you go smaller and smaller and, you know, we start having versatile lineups, you want your guards and wings to be able to rebound. And so I think that's going to be a big set from them. A lot of times in college, I think he only had more than four since one time in college. Something like that uh, was posted in the ESPN article. He had seven assists the other day. So he was setting other people up as well. So that's an area for growth for him. But mm-hmm. the thing that, the thing that you know, I love the shooting, like that automatically he's going to get right. minutes because of his ability to shoot. Mm-hmm. Bro, his defense is different than, you know, typical 3 and D who's like, hey, I can get in the way. Like he's out here – Locking up Mobley, who's four inches taller than him. Mm-hmm. Locking up Kaminga one on one. Al Sol uh, tweeted the page yesterday. It was like, "Hey, we got to talk about that one on one possession with Kaminga." Mm-hmm. Came on the line. I need you to get two stops in a row. Kaminga had nothing for him. Nothing. He had nothing. He had no moves. He tried to hit the in and out. He tried to hit the spin. He tried to. None of that was working. Yeah, and he Trey uh, Trey <laughs> Trey Murphy is not uh, number eighteen. He is not that guy. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> you're not getting that easy bucket over me over like you do over AP. Not at all. And so when I look at it, I'm like, okay, this guy knows how. And after the game, I love what he said. He was like, "Look, Kaminga's stronger than me. He's more explosive than me. That's why he's a a, a top ten pick." But I'm longer. Like, I, I'm going to know how to use my length to avoid fouling. Like, it took Jackson a year to understand how to use his length and athleticism mm-hmm. to avoid fouling. Trey's already there because, remember, he's older than these guys. So he Wait. should be more Defen- advanced. You know what else I like about him defensively? And listen, we're going to get into Herb and all that. I see the, oh, yeah. I see the chat. Oh, listen. trust me. We're get, we getting listen. into them. Trust me. They, they coming. They coming. We just – we waxing about Trey because Trey has just jumped off the screen. But we're going to get into Herb. Trust me. Um, one thing I like about Trey, and I don't know if people are picking up on it, is that when he, when he does, either when he's helping or he does get blown by, he plays the block underneath the rim. He hits the ball when people are going up. He did it like three times yesterday, and I was like, I wonder if that's something that he Smart, does. Because like the first two times, it looked like it was kind of like instinctual. Like I can't go for the block, so I'm just reaching for it. But then like the third time he did it, like he didn't even look for the block. He was like the dude drove by him. He was help defense, and he drove by him. And he never even looked up. He just looked at the ball. And when the guy moved to go lay the ball up, out of bounds off of him. He hit it. He hit it for the layer and he hit off his mind. And like that's that is that is not a traditional like rookie play. Like that's somebody who has played enough basketball and has a feel for the game to know. Cause like James Harden does that a lot. And like he does that a lot. And it works a lot. Like he he's really good at it. Like that's a skill of his. And so like that's that's something that if Trey has that in his game to where you know, if he understands that, late, look, I'm not going to go for the block and try to get, you know, this block and might get a foul or pick up an early foul or get that third foul in, in, the, in the first half. Like he can go for that that block underneath and he'll put his hands down there and get that that little still, that little still block, what I call it. So I, I really enjoy that about it. Yeah. And, and, and so 
to kind of cap off Trey because we're all excited. Like we, what we just watched, the guy hit three, hit twenty three out of the four games mm-hmm. uh, thus far, and he's been incredible. Um, is how does he fit now? I saw someone uh, in the comments saying uh, Murphy at the four, Zion at the three. Here's the thing, and here's where we take a more holistic approach to things. Here's the difference between this year's Pels and and last year's player. Pels are getting crushed in the media for having the worst offseason of NBA May 18. It doesn't have to be the same people every night. The same people don't have to start every night. The same people don't have to finish every night. There can be games where I think Trey's going to help finish the game. Like, he's going to be able to lock down somebody, and his his open three is going to be there. There might be games when he's at the four. Maybe Jackson goes to the five. There might be games where he's at the five. Like, you get so much versatility and so much more flexibility with adding guys like Trey because they can do so much. And so, mm-hmm. you know, again, he is a little bit older. So I expected him to have a little bit more basketball IQ than some mm-hmm. of the guys on the team. And if he's able to do these things and know that, hey, I'm still 21. Like, I still have to grow into my body. I'm still 6'9". Like, he's been growing incrementally over the last couple of years. Let me just use the tools that I have to be as effective as I am. So I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I think he's going to close some games for for the Pelicans this year. He just he has the the knowledge there, and so um, I'm looking forward to it. I think you're going to have a lot of options um, depending on the next move that the Pels make with Josh Hart or whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be hey Devonte starting this game or Nas starting this game at the point. It could be you figure it out as the season yeah. goes on. Matchups determine a lot of things. Right. I mean, and you, you figure out what are the best flow of people. If you just look at what just happened with with Ty Lue and the Clippers, I mean, he he started Patrick Beverly as his guy, was his starter all season long, was his guy. And then he got to the playoffs and he played against Luca, and Luca wasn't. I mean, Pat Beverly wasn't the wasn't the the guard for that player, right? He wasn't the guard for that series, and he sat him for the rest of the series. And then he came back the other, the second series, and he started Probably. and played and was and played fairly well for them. And so, like those are the type of things that that versatility brings to the lineup, and it allows you to make changes and make difference, um, you know, based on what's going on at that time. Yeah. And so, Fred, to your question, I love your question. It's like, hey, does Trey start out the gate? Um, and if so, does he play the two or three? That's what this training camp is going to be all about. Yeah. I love going in the trade, kind of basically going, hey, Jonas is going to start, B.I. is going to start, and Zion. Zion's going to start, probably not too. But other than that, it's like, let's fight to see who deserves the minutes. Like, mm-hmm. nobody should be given anything. Like, if you're, if you're not proven success in the league, you shouldn't be given anything. And so right. I think this camp is going to be in, in, incredibly competitive, and guys are going to work their way in the minutes. I saw somebody saying what Najee was saying yesterday, I know how to play the game. Like, he's fighting to try to start too. And so mm-hmm. I love I love that we have these options. I love that guys are fighting uh, to show coach their coach that's going to be their coach for the regular season. Hey, I deserve to get some minutes. I deserve to be in rotation. So, and competition just, only brings the best out of everybody. So it's going, it, it, it works well for 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 us as a team and as as a fan base. You know, that's all we ever wanted to see was people competing and and caring and trying to play and playing hard. So so I see Reed talking about Najee Herb and Trey. I listen, and we like we about to get into to Herb and, and Najee and all of them of what the good and the bad from from the summer league. But that. That connection will be, and it is going to be very fun defensively. Uh, it's going to be very fun defensively. Yeah. So to kind of talk about, you know, what are three things that 
you know, and we can switch off here. We we mm-hmm. we really like from the summer league. We really enjoyed. Obviously, there's one more game to be played. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start us off with what I like. So obviously, I loved Herb Jones again. I'm going to say it every single time on the pod. He stole the SEC player of the year from Moses Moody. But <laughs> but I'm so happy that he's on our team. Like, you can see this guy knows how to play defense. Like, he knows where to be. He knows the your second and third move. He got th- uh, two steals three times in a row. Like, I don't need to see, um, you know, him score 20 points a game. Like, his offensive game is has got a lot of room of growth there. Like there's a lot that can be had. People compare him to Draymond, but Draymond was always limited athletically. Mm-hmm. Herb is not limited athletically. No, like, he's not. If you if y'all saw the reverse dunk, like he can get up there. He needs to work on finishing around the basket, developing that jumper. It's not the prettiest jumper. Uh, like he needs to work on that. But in the interim, the guy is so smart defensively. Like he's anticipating passes, anticipating dribbles, anticipating blocks. They were throwing him at the f- the small ball five. Like I enjoy his game mm-hmm. so much because that's what the type of glue guys you need on a team that's flush with offensive talent. And so I, I think Herb's going to be in the rotation. Like it's rare that you see a second round guy and you're like, oh, that guy's going to get minutes. It's going to be hard to keep him from not playing. I'll put it that way. Like, I mm-hmm. think there's going to be situations where you don't necessarily want Billy in at the five. You don't necessarily, you know, want Jonas in at the five. There's going to be matchups where it dictates you go for a small ball five. And I think that Herb, it could be that. Like, he's mm-hmm. an enforcer on defense. He's a great perimeter defender. Like, he has no holes in his game defensively. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit slight, so maybe some bigger – Bigger guys might move him around, but how often do you see Jaleel Okafor's uh, on the block trying to mm-hmm. back people down with their back to the backs? That's mm-hmm. just a rarity more so in today's game. And last year, mm-hmm. we just didn't have a five who could be a small ball five. It, just, it was Jackson or, or Buss because we had yeah. nobody else. So I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from her. Uh, so what, what what's one of your the three ups? I think my first up, uh, and first of all, shout out to Herb. Yeah, like Herb is – he is – he, you can see his feel for the game and the way that he can he can affect the game in different ways, similar to what we were talking about with Trey and his seven 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 game. He was he's very he's he, he's very multifaceted, and I think that's going to be my first up. My first up that we saw with the with the Pelican Summer League is just the versatility, man. I mean, we seeing right now in the comments and the stuff that you're talking about. Um, we talking about Herb Jones at the five. Is Trey gonna play the two or the three? Is is Devontae gonna be a backup? Is now now gonna start? And like all of these are obviously questions and things that need to be addressed. But like Reed is saying, and and like Reed is saying right there, these are good problems to have. Because you have so many players that can do so many things, right? We didn't, like, again, we didn't have this last season, right? You needed Zion to set Lonzo's offense up, right? So, you know, there was no get busy one-on-one ball. Well, now you have a little bit of that in Devontae. Now, you know, you didn't have a two-guard for the entirety of the season. Uh, and now and now you do. And now you do have a two-guard uh, in, in either Naw or whatever, however you want to do it. You have, uh, you know, Trey and you have Herb and you have Didi and you have Najee and you, you just have all of these different players that can come in and, you know, contribute to this, contribute to that. If Trey needs to be a playmaker at, at for a game, I, I think that he has a little bit 
of of that in him. If if Herb needs to be, you know, a, a playmaker, then obviously we can do that. If we need to run with an athletic five, then we have Jackson. If we need to just go point Zion with nothing but defenders around him, then we have that. Like we have so many different lineups. Um, and then Willie Green being a coach that embraces that lineup, embraces that those, you know, oh, I'm going with, with we saw Herb at the five, like the death lineup. Like we 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 see him embracing that and and kind of pushing people into hey what else can you do what else can you do Najee put the ball in your hand and nah. we know that you can shoot and, and you know you can play off people but what happens if you're the guy like let's see some aggression from you and so these are all different things and like like Ree was saying good problems to have that we just did not it seemed like everybody kind of fit into a single thing last season this is what you do. You That's needed, it. Like, right. You needed Lonzo <laughs> That's to and pass. You needed Bledsoe to just be a body. Um, oh, you needed man. Steven Adams to be tough and rebound, and that's what he did, and not even to the greatest effect of that. Like, you had a lot of people that did this thing, this thing, this thing. Now you have a lot of versatility, and I'm just I'm, – I'm grateful that that now we have that because it was, it was tough for a little bit last season. Yeah, for sure. I, I I'm loving the versatility there. So who's uh who's uh the first person that you want to shout out uh from Summer League? Uh I mean obviously it's it's Trey. I mean I mean I mean other 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 than other well You can't use a human cop. Yeah, I'm about to say let me, yeah, let, me, let me not say that. So I think so can I can I give a down right yes, now? You can give a down. Okay, so let me give a down, right? And so I saw you wrote this, but I I, I want to speak on it a little bit. Kyra's aggressiveness, okay. Kyra's um offensive scoring aggressiveness, okay. We I saw some nice passes that he made and stuff like that. But there were a lot of times this this summer league in the last four games where you saw Kyra turn down shots, turn down opportunities, and not be the point guard. If that makes sense to you, like he 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 didn't have that. Like, give me the ball. Let me set everybody up. It was more Najee being that. And maybe that's by, you know, maybe that's by, by you know, kind of what they wanted to do and kind of by by the design. But, like, I just, there was a lot of times where I was I was saying to myself, man, I wish, I wish, you know, Kyra would turn that corner and use some of that speed in the half court to kind of go down and, and, and score. Like, this guy can't stay in front of you. And, like, you would see him kind of dribble, maybe take one corner. It gets kind of, kind of cut off. And then he's, like, Cutting, passing it out and kind of like he gets lost after a while and you know in transition he's devastating right he's absolutely devastating and you can't catch up with him and he is like like the I forgot what announcer it was he's he has special written all over him in transition but there are going to be times where he's going to be relied upon to kind of like hey I need you to do some stuff in the, in a in the, in the half court and I thought this season he would have came out and kind of you know had a little bit of extra to his to his game in that in that form. And I just didn't see it in the summer league. Man, I just didn't. I just I saw great passes. I saw things to be excited about, but I didn't see Kyra, as I said before when we first did that podcast, our last podcast, where I said I wanted to see the second year players and the players who have had NBA experience kind of separate themselves. Najee did. There were games where now you were like, okay, Najee's obviously too good to be here. Right. There weren't any games like with that with Kyra. There weren't any games where I was like, all right, he's obviously too good to be here. Like there was 
there wasn't that game and he didn't separate himself the way he was supposed to. And so, you know, those are, that's kind of something that I'm looking forward to this season. Like Reed said, I, I expect the Kyra to be so much more. And I, I agree. And like, again, I'm not, you know, harping on him completely because he's young and he definitely still has time to grow. And, you know, some of these things may come out, but just in this off season as for being a second year player, I wasn't really too, you know, I wasn't too impressed and too excited about what I saw from him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and that's fair. I, I mean, he would be one of the down ish, um, guys that I would say, because he did have some, some good performances, but oh, to, to your point, you want to see more of it, right? Mm-hmm. Here's where I would temper people's expectation. Mm-hmm. He's still very young. Like he's mm-hmm. still 20. And so again, I know he had a year of experience, but he didn't have summer league. Um, he didn't play a whole lot. And so like, his growth, I didn't expect to be astronomical okay. um, off the jump. Now, there are a couple of things that I saw that I, I was in, I was encouraged by. He hit a couple threes. He still needs to get stronger in his legs. I think he's still hitting front rim a lot. Um, but he also was attacking the basket and setting other people up, which we need from a backup point guard. Um, I think the area that he really needs to focus, focus on and needs to be a growing spot for him over the next year ish um, is finishing around the basket. He's not the biggest guy. So you've got to be able to finish in different ways. Like Kyrie's not the biggest guy and uh, De'Aaron Fox, not the biggest guy, but they use their speed to manipulate the defense so that uh, they can score in different ways on different sides of the basket or get to the foul line. Either way, I noticed that he said something that he's working on his start and stop. I think the more and more he adds to that, the more fouls he'll draw because he's so fast. People are over anticipating him going to the basket and blocking his shot because he's just going at it instead of stopping for a second, getting that foul and going up for and one. So uh, I think he's going to, I think he's going to get there. Uh, it might not be as fast as people want, want, uh, but I think, Get, getting more minutes, getting constant minutes, getting coaching um, here and there, I, I think is going to be do a lot for him. So, uh, again, to kind of before we got hijacked to, to negative, let's focus on, on the positive. You good, you good, you good. So you you mentioned it. I mean, Najee Marshall was incredible. He was incredible all of, of all of the summer league. Yesterday, he got a little Kobe-ish where – Whoa, what was Kobe- Najee <laughs> Najee swore to God he was Kobe Bryant. Like, he Bro. was waving off screens. Bro. He was doing a lot. He was Look at me. Lot. I'm the captain now. Right? <laughs> he was doing a lot at the end. I'm like, whoa. Let's, let's. Like, he was passing a wide open passes to trade for three in order to go to the basket, which, you know, I get it. Like, he was like, hey, I got some experience. I got some chops. I'm trying to show these guys I need to be getting major minutes on this team. I'm trying to show Willie Green, him saying, hey, I know what I'm doing out here. Like, I get it. Like, I I understand from that standpoint. But there's time and place uh, to say, you know what, you know, let's get the best shot more so than let me so and show you what I can do. Right. Um, so, but for the most part, Najee was incredible. Like, he knew how to control the, control the game. He knew how to get to his spots. He was incredible defensively. He was hitting three at a high rate. Still needs to work on his free throws to some degree, but he was hitting mid-ranges. He was attacking the basket, which he did a lot of last year. He was facilitating finding Trey in the corner, oh, so on and so forth. So I really like what I saw from Najee. Um, I really like that he was like, listen, I'm the leader, I'm the vet in this group, because he's a little bit older. He was he was uh he was there for quite some time in college at Xavier. So uh I really I really love what I saw from Najee. Uh, yeah. 
what else you got? So another another thing that I want to give up uh, up to is um, the basketball IQ of the of the Pelicans, right? So just what we have right now on the court, just thinking about the summer league. And when I think about basketball IQ and the things that David Griffin was talking about, he always mentioned we needed to get you know better basketball IQ. And I think a little bit of that, um, actually a good bit of that, comes from how the coach can you know, impart his his message and the things that he needs to impart onto the team. So when I say things like basketball IQ, right, you saw back cuts, you saw people setting up plays, you saw people moving, you saw people relocating, you saw people, uh, like, perfect example is the play that Trey Murphy made at the end of the game last uh, yesterday that, that won the game. So instead of, you know, dying on a play and thinking that uh, that layup was going to go in, I think it was Najee's layup, Najee's mm-hmm. layup was going to go in. Trey, very smartly, ran, got the rebound, put the ball in, right? And so there was a a, a, a whistle that wasn't called. Uh, I mean, a whistle that shouldn't have been called. He went back and looked. Um, it wasn't goaltending. But because Trey Murphy had the presence of mind to go and score the ball, um, you know, and go chase the rebound and put the ball in, the Pelicans ended up, you know, getting that basket. And so uh, after all of the crazy explanation, <laughs> man, that, that, was, was that was wild. That was but wild. those are the type of things that, you know, that we saw from like we missed with with, with Lonzo giving up the three at the uh, end of the game um, against the Knicks. And then Eric Bless was saying, hey, I'm not I wasn't paying attention in the huddle and things <laughs> like that. Like, I just I just feel like and again, small sample size. I understand it's summer league. But there are there, these are these are habits and these are things that Willie Green is imparting and these that that is you like you say about hustle and you know people in it being infectious and people wanting to be able to do that well you start getting people cutting and you start getting people rebounding and actually paying attention and you know and and chasing rebounds and stuff like that your basketball IQ of the team goes up and it's not so much as like what you know it's about what you do on the court right and so you start to see people now rebounding now cutting now setting back screens for each other stuff like that and those are the type of things that you can if you can do, if you can get the summer league players to do that if you can get the summer league players to buy in on that then you know i think that you can get Zion, Brandon Ingram, Jonas, no, the players, your starters, I think that you can get those players to kind of buy in. And again, it'll completely raise the basketball IQ of your team. So pretty much just like Willie Green and his his way and like his message and the way he's imparting on players, it's kind of, it's you're starting to see some of those things kind of permeate onto the court. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I absolutely agree uh, with all of that. So, the last one I would I would choose was was kind of a, a random one. So the point guard out of Georgia Tech, Jose Alvaro, but he gave me a lot of JJ Barea vibes. Uh, I saw Justin V saying he's going to make some teams roster. That guy, like, listen, he's got a knack for the ball. Defensively, mm-hmm. he was everywhere. Still needs to add a little bit offensively. He's a smaller guy, obviously, but he's feisty and he knows how to play defense. And so, as many of those guys as we can get and collect, I'm all about it, right? And mm-hmm. so, I love what I saw from him. Uh, I love the effort and tenacity I see from him that I wasn't expecting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I, I saw the guys hide. I saw what he was able to do uh, at Georgia Tech, and then when he got on the court, like he act like he would belong. He got a lot mm-hmm. of steals, just knack skill. He gave me. TJ McCullough, like we we, yeah. we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. needing a player like that. I'm not sure if he makes the roster or not, but 
maybe a G League team, right? And, and yeah. kind of see where his growth can can come from. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I love I love the the effort that we got from him. He was a pleasant surprise for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of on that same vein, you know, a guy who who kind of looked good, but you know, wasn't probably isn't going to make the team, but probably make somebody's roster was David DeLeo. And I know people don't even know who he was, but uh, Baby Dirk Forty One. Like, <laughs> something like I, he was he is like I think they said that he was the leading three-point shooter in in uh in division two or whatever college he went to in whatever league he played in he was the leading three-point shooter and there was a lot of like him catching and and like letting that thing go like with people closing out on him with two or three hands in his face um he kind of had a little bit of a little post uh low post game at six six he kind of showed me a little something and again this is somebody who probably won't make the roster won't make the team um but for you know, for his little stint and uh with the Pelicans, man, he he can he one thing he can do, he can shoot the ball. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if he if, if everything else he brings to the table, or I don't know if he's you know as consistent a shooter as enough to make the team, but that guy can shoot, and you know, he's gonna be on somebody's roster somewhere, uh, getting that three ball up. So I was I was really impressed with David DeLeo, man. Yeah. I, I'm really impressed with that jump shot. Yeah, I, I like his effort too. He, yeah, he, yeah, he was all over the place. I I, yeah. I like him a lot too. Now yeah. So, so some of the things that were a little bit disappointing, uh, mm-hmm. obviously we talked about Kyra to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, Didi, man. So mm-hmm. I said on the pod last week what I wanted to see from Didi. It wasn't necessarily offensively just because I think it's going to take him so uh, a while to get there mm-hmm. um, as far as his shooting and scoring. But I feel as if the summer league, I understand you're supposed to take shots you're not going to take. You're not going to get the opportunity to take in the season. I get those things. I understand, like, if you've been on the team, you should be more aggressive because you've been there, you've been in the system, so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. I feel like Summer League, he was being somebody that he's not. Like, I feel well, as he if – absolutely was. <laughs> he was throwing up threes. He was, a, he, was a, he was trying to be this offensive threat, which mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need him to be. Like, if you're going to be in our third string – be really good at one thing and cons- consistently improve on the other things, right? So I wanted to see him focus on locking people down, which he did a good job of, um, and then hitting an open three here and there and, and, and being aggressive when, you know, the shots were open. But, like, he was taking threes like he was, you know, uh, Steph, and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. maybe we should pass those. I saw someone mentioned Fred said, yeah, Trey set him up and hit him up with an open three, and it did not Oof. go in. And I'm mm-hmm. like – I'm like, Didi, know your game. It's the same thing with Kyra. I saw someone else in the uh, comments saying, hey, you had an open lane, and we decided to pull it for three. Guys, you got to know your skill set. I want you to be confident in what you've worked on over the over the summer. I want you to be confident. Hey, I put the time and the work to shoot that thing. I'm going to shoot that thing. But know what you do best, right? Know, know that, hey, I'm a guy. I'm, I'm a great defender. I'm going to attack the basket. I'm going to get to the free throw line. That should be what Kyra does. That should be what Didi does. And then when I'm open for three, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to shoot that thing because I've been working on it. Don't try to be somebody you're not mm-hmm. because then it, it it turns into almost a weakness, right? And mm-hmm. so um, it, it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, rebounds. Uh, like I said, I think, you know, and we also don't know what the coach are telling them. The coach could be saying, hey, we know you can do these other things. Show me what you can do it. to shoot. Show me what you can do. It was similar to Jackson at the end of the year. They're like, hey, Jackson, uh, you know, what are you going to work on the summer? Like, he was like ball handling and shooting, which are two of the things he does the least of <laughs> in a regular season. So, like, you never know what the coaches are telling him to do. But at the same time, it's like, ah, I wish I would have saw a little better, better showing out of DD. Who else was kind of on the, you know, a little bit disappointing for the summer league list for you? To be honest with you, well, 
I think we can all agree that AP wasn't was was not was not great. Yeah, like that. that but I had no expectations for him. Yeah, so. but but he also he wasn't supposed to be playing. Like that was supposed to be Jackson's spot. Right. And then this this foolishness with Jackson. Happened. <laughs> yeah. I think I think honestly to 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 say you know to point out somebody. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not. I don't. I don't have anybody else to point out. But I will say, the turnovers. Right. So there was yeah. a lot of. There was a lot. And again, this is young players, and I get that. Summer league. That's yeah, what you're going to say. Right. Yeah. But what I'm. What I'm afraid of is that these. You know, the turnovers that and the plays that should have been turnovers. There were a lot that were turnovers, but there were a lot that ended up not being turnovers because you know of the competition that you that you're playing against. A lot of those plays, I just don't want those plays to kind of come into the to the to the regular season because they got so comfortable and had so much success, uh, kind of doing some of those things. So there was there was a couple of times where like the offense was just like pass, 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 turnover, turnover, <laughs> turnover, turn, and I'm like, what what are we doing, right? And so that kind of was where I got covered from. I'm like, you are the vet, you Najee are the vets of this team, right? Slow the team down. This is the kind of stuff mm-hmm. that I wanted to see. Slow the team down. Let's get a little bit of offense going. You know, let's get Trey involved um, and stuff like that. And so there was just a lot of turnovers and a lot of careless play, um, like, during during the four-game stretch. Um, not to be, you know, completely alarmed by it. You know what I'm saying? Not to be, hey, they're going to be turnover machines. But there were a lot, of, a lot of turnovers, and there were a lot of potential turnovers that did not turn into turnovers because of the, the you know, who you were playing on the court, that if you try that, that crap at the next level, you know, when the regular season starts, you have NBA, you know, regular NBA starters and players on the team, those are going to turn into turnovers and stuff like that. And so I kind of, you know, would have enjoyed, you know, like to see Kyra kind of slow those times down because mm-hmm. I understood that those turnovers was going to come. But that's the kind of things that I was talking about with Kyra and stuff to kind of like slow the team down, be the vet, be the, the leader of the team, the voice of the team. You and Najee. Najee did it to an, a certain extent. Um, but just a lot of turnovers throughout the entirety of the of, um, of the four games that I just I, you know I just hope that that's you know that's gonna kind of work itself out. Willie gonna get get him in, in there yeah. with the uh, with the film of that and kind of iron those things out. And I'm sure he will. But th- that was kind of something that I was like, mm, I hope that they they nip this in the bud. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the way you gotta look at it is there's a reason why. You get 10 fouls in summer league. There's a reason why there's so many. Like, these guys aren't going to have the ball. So, as much as Trey dribbled, as much as Najee dribbled, if we ever have both back-to-back-to-back-to-back possessions of Najee leading the office or Trey or Kyrie leading the office, we're in trouble, right? Like, the ball's got to feed through your stars. Like, that's how the NBA works. And so, the summer league is used for guys who don't normally control the ball to get better, right? And so, you're going to get those turnovers. So, I wasn't. Too, too bothered by that. Um, the last thing that – and there wasn't a lot to, to nitpick from this team. I mean, they went 4-0. They played great defensively. They hustled everywhere. Uh, Fred, you're you're hilarious. If Jackson Hay was on this team, they would kick kicked out. Listen, Jackson already <laughs> baptized people two years in Summer League. It would not have been good to have him on this roster. Uh, the Summer League this year, the Pels, the Pels might have won every game by 30. Uh, it would have been – it would have been a lot of fun. It would have been a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. I'm sad we got to miss out on that, but hopefully he's back and ready for the regular season. Um, but the only other thing that I wish I would have saw a little, a little bit more out of was uh, Dalton Holmes. So uh, he was the D2 player of the year. You know, he's mm-hmm. been around the um, the league for a little bit. Um, I wish that he would have been able to hit some of those shots because then it was like, okay, 
that's another guy you can kind of put in your farm system and, and see if he can become a shooter, right? Like mm-hmm. people are trying to find shooting from different areas and the guy can shoot. You can tell by the way his form, his release, things like that. He had it in his arsenal. He got going a little bit uh, yesterday, but for the first three games, like he couldn't hit anything. I think the only shot he made didn't count because there was like a foul right before. Uh, <laughs> as far as hitting from three, he did have a nice dunk on that, but uh, I wish I would have saw a little bit more out of him because mm-hmm. you know there was a little bit of hype to him uh, coming into summer league and 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 again you know he's a young player uh, he he's gonna have some time to grow G League and things like that but I wish I would have saw a little bit more but other than that man I don't have a lot of knocks yeah on what we saw from the summer league it was a lot of impressive things we saw a lot from players who I think are gonna contribute uh, this year I don't think it's gonna be such a condensed. Here's the only person, only two players who could score from us. I saw somebody earlier saying, "What does the backcourt look like for the Pelicans this year?" First of all, I don't know. Like we don't, hey, we don't, we don't know the. No roster. one knows. Yeah. They were like, "Hey, we could be the worst backcourt in the the West." Well, not if Bi's at the two. Like you don't know. Not yeah. if Buddy Hill's at the two. Like yeah. all of a sudden, your team looks drastically different. And my counterpart to that is, if we have the worst backcourt in the league, which I don't think will be the true will be the case. What are your two wings? Top three? Like top four your, wings? Your front court. Because Jonas yeah. is, a, is a top six, five, six center. So. so just because you might be weaker in one area than the other, you've got to look at that from a totality, a totality standpoint. So uh, all in all, I got positive vibes from you know the summer league. I don't, I don't know how you can walk away not excited for your young players. And obviously everybody's excited, but when you got you know your number 17 pick locking up the number five pick, the number three pick, you know – that's that and outplaying them too. Like it wasn't just the defense that he was like, like he was outplaying them offensively too. And I'm like, right. So, you know? so this, this is maybe one thing and we, we could probably end the show on this one. I won't get what you think about that. So yesterday Zion posted a video of him at Duke uh, in Durham, North Carolina, instead of, you know, at the Vegas summer league. And I think he posted the video like, like 30 minutes before the game started, the Pelicans game started or whatever, an hour before the game started, which kind of had everybody going going crazy Um, and about him not being there and with Ja being in, in there and B.I. being there. Like, does this say something about, you know, Zion's, uh, you know, his involvement and maybe his investment into, you know, the Pelicans in the city of New Orleans? And, you know, just from my standpoint, I'm just one of those guys that's like, listen, I don't care what you do. As long as it's not illegal and you're not killing somebody, you're not doing nothing crazy. I could care less what you do in the offseason. You're not on the clock. Um, would I have liked to see Zion be there and kind of, you know, be there to support the team? Of course. Everybody wants to see there. But, I mean, like, Luca wasn't there. Uh, you know, Joel and B wasn't there. Uh, you know, like, there was a lot of players that wasn't there. So, I, I, I'm not too up in arms about it. Um, but Pelicans Twitter was. Um, and they were upset. That he, you know, he wasn't there to kind of support the team and support the the young players and everything. So, what do you think? What's your take on him being in Durham? And I'd like to see what the viewers think as well. What's what are you guys' take on him being in Durham, uh, being at Duke and not being at Vegas at the summer league for the Pelicans? Uh, I could care less. I'm not. Exactly. I'm, not I'm with you. Here's my thing: like Zion is big league, right? He's box office, as right. Stephen A. like to say. Who knows what type of obligations he had already with Duke? Like maybe he has a promo, maybe he has an endorsement deal. Like you have no idea what he's doing. Like he also two days ago was tweeting, obviously watching the game, showing love to Trey Murphy, Trey Murphy and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I'm like, 
the guy got to have some life altogether too. Like it's cool that you know Bi showed up and Nar showed up. Um, I mean, Jonas wasn't there either. Like, yeah. and so I'm like, you're not going to have your entire roster at every summer league game or anything like that. As long as he's, you know, showing love to the team, and he seems to be well engaged with the team. You say De- Devontae said he had a conversation with him. Trace, Trace talking about, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn how I can be best next to B.I. And, and Zion. So, obviously, these guys are in communication. You know, he's not there for a summer league game. I'm not like, oh, no, Zion is abandoning the team. So, I, just, that, I, I don't understand how – it's summer league. Like we, we literally, like everybody was saying, Hey, it's just summer league. Y'all don't worry. Don't put too much stock in it. And now it's, Oh, well, Zion wasn't there. So obviously he wants to play in New York. And like, I just, I don't get it. I don't get the the disconnect there. So I, I just, I understand why people wanted him there. I do. And I, yeah, I get, yeah. I mean, I it's get, cool. Like yeah, you saw B.I. and Zion roll up. And, okay. Yeah. yeah. I get the aspect and I get what it would have done to the you know to the to the team and what it have done to the to the statements around the team and the perception and everything like that but i mean like it's summer league bro like he is off the clock like he is like he is not like he good like he can go you know he can go to duke and, and be in college like he's around basketball at least honestly bro i think it could be a positive in the long run because as soon as zion would have walked into the building you know those announcers and anybody else would be like well, Zion, you know the Pelicans got to make the Zion have they get no win the they championship. They was trying to trade Kaminga for Ben Simmons the, the whole movie. game. Son. Yeah, that was that was, and strange. they would have did the same thing with with Zion walking. And so Zion wants to, yeah, right. The same thing. And so for me, I'm like, you know, it gave these guys an opportunity to work on themselves. Uh, it gave Willie Green an opportunity to show that you know he's got some 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 good characteristics that we hope translates to the regular season as well. I saw somebody talking about some of his late game plays and things like that. Absolutely, right? Like obviously we saw so many times last year late late in the game either our players would let it down or our coaches would let it down in terms of their scheme or both in some situations. So it was good to see guys execute in the clutch and for Willie to get them in positions to execute as well. And so Zion not being there, that's less of a distraction in my opinion. Now you get to focus on the guys that are going to help supplement him and B.I. and so on and so forth. So I, I enjoyed everything Summer League. There's one more game um, tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, the Pels aren't in the, summer, or in the Summer League Championship. In our eyes, they always will be. Yep. Uh, if they go five and zero, live the twenty twenty one Pelicans. If they go five and zero, you can't tell us that we win the championship. So uh, we appreciate everybody for rocking with us as always. Continuously send us things, send us topics um, as this off season continues and we get closer and closer uh, to training camp uh, right around the corner. So uh, what you got left for the people, Jeezy? As always, be be kind to somebody. Give somebody a smile. Give somebody a hug. Follow me at Garrick underscore Rattler on Twitter. Follow my brother at Raphael underscore Rattler on Twitter. Follow the, the page at Pals Pod. Uh, you know, everybody enjoy the summer, uh, the rest of the summer league and, and this offseason. And we'll see what else the Pels have in store as far as moves go, man. When we'll be able to hopefully get get down to what's going on next week um we'll do the what the off season grades and stuff um and then hopefully maybe by then we'll get maybe some kind of uh information something else going on with Josh Hart which will kind of indicate the next moves for the Pelicans but until next week everybody uh follow again follow the Pels Pod page at Pels Pod on Twitter and we'll see you guys next week yes, sir we out <laughs>